coming to you live from the parking lot of the Arclight Hollywood. Welcome to the 2021 Refundies. And now your hosts, the hosts of the I'd Like a Refund podcast. Cinema has played an important role in shaping the three of us into the movie buffs we consider ourselves today. Whether it be countless trips to the theater, running a movie at your local video store, or just catching it on TV as you're scrolling through the channels, the three of us have certainly seen our share of films. So when we started this venture into film podcasting, we had no idea what movies we were going to be watching over the coming weeks. We knew we wouldn't be watching our fair share of Oscar winners, but none of us anticipated some of the pure filth we would be subjecting ourselves to. We've been on this journey for several weeks now, and with it being awards season, we thought now was the perfect time to go back and relive some of the worst film moments we've seen. So far. Throughout the night, we will each be selecting a nominee for our categories and having a spirited discussion, ultimately deciding who the winner will be. So with a further ado, let's start the show off with our first award. Here to present our first award, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Wahlberg. Computer-generated imagery has been a tool that has revolutionized the film industry, allowing some of those brilliant minds to create things that we never only dreamed of seeing on screen. But sometimes, even the most fantastical idea doesn't translate as well as we'd hope trying to bring it to life. Bringing it to life. You know what's alive? I'm alive. You, you see me out there busting my ass every single day, making the best movies I can make, and you, you got to come in and bring the computer people? Computer people to make it better? You think you're better than me, computer people? I don't think so. Here the nominees for West CGI. Green Lantern. Couples Retreat. Couples Retreat. <laughs> okay, Joel. So, so you're you got to sell us on why you think Green Lantern is worse than the Couples Retreat scene <laughs> we're gonna go with. <laughs> wow that was great i'm sold <laughs> i didn't think about that okay i'll give it a beat here um no we're gonna keep this okay perfect <laughs> yeah so this is couples li- this, is li- this is live television this we was great this um that's actually i didn't even think about those sharks that's hilarious <laughs> from couples retreat uh, but the reason i went with green lantern is just because not only was the cgi bad but there were so many things that didn't need to be CGI that were CGI. So for me, it just really pushed it over the edge because we've seen our fair share of bad CGI in all the different movies that we've watched, but just the mere fact that Green Lantern felt the need for the suit and the mask to all be CG, uh, it just kind of pushed it over the edge for me. It was completely unnecessary. And if you're going to do that, have your main character, a popular, well-known DC superhero, have his entire suit, be computer generated make it look good yeah no, that's fair plus the whole villain was cgi too so. <laughs> the yeah. entire villain you know <laughs> you're right the cgi fun. was very very bad in that movie but i still have to go with the shark scene <laughs> in couples retreat i mean that was 
We look at the budget for couples retreat, $79 million, and the sharks look like someone, some intern just went on Blender and was like, oh, here's some fins, and just threw them in the water. <laughs> I think that, like, the sharks in couples retreat stand out more so because, like, yeah, Green Lantern, the CGI is not good, True. There's, but there's so much of it that, yeah. like, you're almost desensitized yeah. by it. When you get to that scene in Couples Retreat and they're in the water and the sharks show up, it is just throws you for a loop. <laughs> like how how ridiculously poorly rendered those sharks are. It is it is an abomination for that film. And there was no reason for it. Like first yeah. off, most of the scenes in that movie you don't even need them, but in particular like the shark stuff, you don't need that. They didn't need to have like they had like 15 CGI sharks in that scene too. Like just have one do a it's practical true. one swimming around, and it doesn't matter. You don't it's have to true. do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just so lazy. I just feel like Green Lantern couldn't get around the CGI more, so like they had to do it. They should have done mm -hmm. a better job, but they had to do it for their movie. Not the not the costume for Hal Jordan, but all the other stuff. Right, the rest of the CGI, um, it's required. Yeah. No, it's a great point. Like I mean, like you said, there were so many ways around this. I mean, even if they didn't show the whole shark, just put practical fins in the water. You know, there were so many yeah. other ways around this. Yeah, it, it, it's... Jaws came out in the 70s, and they were able to do it. And Granted, that shark, that shark broke a shit ton, but it still worked. <laughs> it's so funny because when looking at this category, it wasn't even a question. When I saw CGI, the first thing that come, came to my <laughs> mind was Sharks and Couples Retreat. Yeah. Yeah, I this one, I was tossing between this one and another one, but I, I just think the Sharks. I'm curious. What was the other one you were curious? I was going to go with uh, Indiana Jones, King with a Crystal Skull. Uh, and I was going to go with the gophers because that's the very first scene in the film is the yeah. CGI gophers. Okay. And they look absolutely terrible. They have a lot of bad CGI in that movie too. But the sharks, yeah. like, Joel, are you willing to concede that the sharks Oh, absolutely. No, that's a great choice. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, congratulations to the sharks from <laughs> Couples Retreat. You know, you guys barely worked for this award, but you got it. You did. All right. So we'll make it official here. And the refundy goes too couples retreat ladies and gentlemen matthew mcconaughey <laughs> movies are filled with characters that fill many different roles the protagonist that drives our story along the way we throw our support behind the nefarious villain who gets the audience to turn against them. The fun side character that steals each scene there. And all right, all right, all right. By the way, did y'all see that Lankin I drove up in today? Oh, man, make sure you get yourself a Lankin. But some of these characters don't fit any of these criteria. In fact, they seem so out of place that we question their existence as a whole. Here are the nominees for the Why Are You Here Award. Diane Lane. Serenity. Literally anyone in Point Break. Ray Winstone, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Cameron, I think uh, I think you have to lock in to somebody. For no, this yeah, I think you. I think we're gonna make you do that. I no. almost picked someone from Point Break, but the it was exactly the same problem. I was like, well, there's just too many people that yeah. didn't matter in that movie. Exactly. No, I want to keep it. I mean, if you want to keep it, sure, but it'll be harder to defend. We uh, don't have that many trophies. We don't. Like it'll just be a. It'll be like at the um when they do the the casting the cast award where just like the ensemble cast one, <laughs> and we just give it to Point Break. 
Um, <laughs> but no, we will def- tell me what, tell me why then why point break should be just that cast as a whole should be a nominee. <clears throat> is this part of the podcast or yeah, yeah we're, yeah, we're in the episode. Oh, well, I wasn't this sure is, if we were, this is live this television. Is live television. Oh, oh, okay. We're live from the parking lot of the arc oh, Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, well, just because the entire time, it just seemed like there was no point for anyone doing anything in that movie. And so it was just like, why are you here? There was no point break. There was yeah exactly. Well, there was barely any point break because there was no surfing in that movie. Um, see, but I think, I think your issue issue issue. <laughs> Yo, I live think, live television. I think your issue here is that you could have picked somebody because I almost picked somebody from this film, and it's actually the same actor that I picked for mine because I was gonna go with Ray Winstone <laughs> oh, okay. in Point Break as. Uh, who was he playing? I already forgot. Uh, what who? the British guy? Yeah, but I, I, oh, he's supposed to be uh, Pappas. He was playing Pappas, but he was playing a version of Pappas that was not the Pappas that we've seen in the original Point Break. So I feel like I feel like if you had gone with him, like that one character, uh-huh. you maybe would have had a stronger argument. But I think when we're narrowing it down to like individual people, I think I think it'll be easier for Joel and I to defend our arguments here well all right i guess i'll go with no it's too late nope i guess nope, i won't go late. with too late. <laughs> you won't do it um Damn. my my reason that i went with ray winstone in indiana jones king with the crystal skull the one of the big takeaways that we had from that film is that apparently mac who was his character and indy had been on adventure after adventure together going across the globe CIA and FBI agents just solving a bunch of crimes, doing God knows what. But we never heard of this guy until this movie. So it's like, why why is this guy here? Like, we've never heard of you before. I don't understand what your purpose is. Um, especially when there's another cavalcade of characters in the Indiana Jones lore that you could have used here. And they even set some of those characters up to potentially use, and instead they go with Mac. So that's why that's why he gets my nomination. But Joel, mm. tell me tell me about Diane Lane and Serenity. So for Diane Lane as Constance and Serenity, <laughs> I literally just don't know why she was there. Like as soon as I saw this this category, I was like, it has to be her because as we discussed in the movie, it seems like her only reason for being there is for Matthew McConaughey's character to have sex with her, and she's we considered her like a save point. Her character had no part of the story. She wasn't driving anything. She didn't have any big pivotal moment. None of her dialogue mattered. She was just literally like an object, you know? And once we find out later on, like, the the basis of the film and the plot that it's all a big video game or whatever, you think, like, oh, maybe we're going to find out, like, why she was important. She wasn't. She had no reason to be in the movie. And so for me, like, I think about Mac, you know, in years, and at least in some ways, he helped drive the plot a little bit. As terrible as it was with him just flipping sides over and over and over again, he was helping to drive the plot. Constance didn't do anything. She literally was just a body in the film. You know, I, as you guys easily dismantled my argument for Point Break, um, being a neutral person here... I honestly have to go with Joel's pick, if I'm going to be honest with you, because, as he said, the Indiana Jones character, Roy Winstone, is that his name? I Ray, don't know. Ray. Ray. Yeah, Ray. <laughs> um, he did have something to do with the plot, where, as in Serenity, Diane Lane's character was just, you know, the you know old woman that 
the kid old woman the, the, the kid <laughs> that the kid Diane pictured his still dad still good looking okay yeah, chill how dare you okay i didn't say i didn't say anything about her not being good looking i just said she was old that was you that said you said that. it with you said it with sort of a negative connotation no no trust me there's some no. um <laughs> but <laughs> um but as I was saying, uh, her whole purpose was little 10 year old kid who's mad at uh, his stepdaddy was like, hey, my dad bangs hot old women and uh, take that stepdaddy. Um, so I think I have to go with I think I have to go with Diane Lane. Can I ask one retort to you, Joel? Yeah, we potentially crown your pick. Is she the least important character in her own movie? I think, I mean, there's a couple of other smaller characters that don't really have a point, but that's the thing is that they're such small characters. She yeah. recurs enough to where it it feels like there's <laughs> supposed to be this weight to her character, and there's not, you know? Is she worse than Jeremy Strong's character in terms of not non-importance to the story? I almost picked him. Well, he, I almost picked him, but he ends that, up being, yeah, he's the, the he's revelation. The yeah, the boy sends him to keep him from killing or the game sends the game him, sends him yeah. to keep him from killing because that's not the rules of the game so in a way he plays a part in the role yeah whereas like i said she's literally just a body in this movie yeah okay i think uh i think i'm good to switch over to your side too i think we have our winner wow and the refundy goes to diane lane in surrender And here to present our next award, please welcome Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow. I am. Wow. I am so honored to be here. Wow. You know, whether it be pen to paper or, wow, fingers to keyboard, writing out your lead story leads to many great lines in your script. And with the right actor, that great line can become an iconic one. Wow. 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 But the writing process can be an arduous one. Wow. And every once in a while, a line can sneak in what leaves an audience utterly puzzled. Here are the nominees for Worst Line of Dialogue. The Applebee's Dialogue, Couples Retreat. Dang, Tucker, American, from A Wrinkle in Time. I'm actually a quarter Hawaiian, from Aloha. Uh, Cameron, I don't even remember your scene. Oh my like, god, I I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Can you can you run run through that for us again, real quick? Uh, um, I think it was a scene. I don't even remember the context. I just think I just remember the line because I was just the first time I watched it and the second time I watched it. Oh, I even ah uh, damn it, I have another one from Wrinkle in Time that's real, just as bad, but um. <laughs> But that there were two lines that stuck out to me in Wrinkle in Time. One of them was when the boy was like, "I smell food, good roasted food," and then, <laughs> and then, um, 
And then this one, uh, where, you know, Mindy Kaling has like five lines in the entire thing. Um, oh, yeah. I remember this. I remember she this quotes, now. She quotes like authors. Rush, yeah, Rush she, Hour. Yeah, yeah. She co- yeah, she quotes authors or, you know, people. And I think it's like, I think it's when they're like, they landed or something. Um, or like Mindy Kaling's making a comment about like the girl or whatever. And she's like, dang. Tucker, American. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember that now. That was, oh just, my God. And it's just like, this it's is so, awful. It's so cringy. Yeah. That, that's a t- that's a good one. That's very good. Joel, do you want to recite the whole Applebee's speech for us? You want to give us the clip? Yeah, notes? I got you. I got you. Let's so I was thinking about this one. That's so good. Yeah, it's so, a good one. I'm gonna, it gets brought up a handful of times, but here's, here's the, the main first part. You think when your marriage is over that you're going to find somebody that just caters to you no matter what? That you're not going to have to work at it? That's like psyched to go to Applebee's with you every Friday night and hear the same football stories about how you rocked in high school? And for me, the reason I picked that line was kind of the opposite or maybe similar to Diane Lane. It's like it feels like this moment is supposed to have so much weight, but at the end of the day, you can't help but laugh and be like, (laughs) Applebee's? (laughs) like. Of all the places, like I get it, that's part of the comedy. But Applebee's, it doesn't like at least say chilies, man. People like chilies. I've met very few people that like are like, oh, I'm stoked to go to Applebee's this weekend. My dad's you know? one of them. Oh, <laughs> sorry. They got sorry. rid of the Applebee's in my hometown, and he called me about it. <laughs> He's like, Cameron, did you hear they got rid of the Applebee's? <laughs> it's just such a weird like analogy like oh, you think you're gonna find somebody to be psyched to go to applebee's with you and the fact that they bring it up like three or four times in the movie but towards Joel, the end that's the whole point is that no one's excited to go to Applebee's. oh no, right i get it no it, it, <laughs> the, the 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 point that the that the line is trying to drive home makes sense just the it's fact like that they chose you're, Applebee's. It's a, it's dumb. you're gonna be a sad lonely old man and where do sad old, lonely old men hang out applebee's that was By the themselves. message of that line um but you said like you said like they bring up Applebee's a, like a couple times in that movie, and that's mm-hmm. true. You know what gets brought up a lot in the film Aloha? The fact that Emma Stone is supposed to be portraying a quarter Hawaiian person, and they know that they have to say that to mm-hmm. try and take away from the fact that they cast a white girl as an Asian person. The reason I picked this one is because of the backstory behind it and the fact that they thought they could steer into it and make it okay in the movie by just saying that line. And every time I hear it, I just can't help but laugh at just like mm-hmm. some studio exec being like, no, it's totally okay. We'll just have her have her say she's Hawaiian or whatever. We don't give a shit. Um, so yeah, those are our nominees. I feel like, I feel like all three of us feel pretty strongly about our, th- our picks. Is there anybody that's kind of leaning another way as of right now? I can go. Cameron's way. Yeah. Cameron's just really good. I can go Cameron's way simply because of the fact that not only is that so outlandish, first of all, how many people actually went and saw this movie, right? (laughs) Second of all, these kids are not going to understand. They're not understanding any of these other author references anyway. But the fact that they picked that and to reference Chris Tucker from Rush Hour is just hilarious to me. And it just doesn't fit in with the rest of the movie. Not that much would fit with that film, um, but it was just so out there that I think it's got. I think we got to go Cameron's route here. That that's yeah, a good one. Yeah, Cam. Like I think you. I, I'm glad you picked this one from uh, from A Wrinkle in Time because 
I forgot entirely about this line, and as soon as you jogged my memory on what it's from, it's that's that was a great choice. This may have been the hardest one for me, even though this the Applebee's tough. quote came straight to me, because it was like we've every episode we've talked about some pretty terrible lines yeah. that have come up, but to go back over the all twenty films that we've talked about so far, yeah. and to remember individual lines, it was yeah, hard. It's hard. Well, this is the one that I when I said I still have one I need to figure out. It was this one because it was for that that exact reason. Mm-hmm. It was like. There are so many movies with so many terrible lines. Which one stands out at the worst? And the reason why I chose this one is because it's so simple, yeah. but it's like just awful. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I think I think we have that locked in. Then I think uh, I think we have our winner for this one. And the refundee goes to, dang Tucker American, A Wrinkle in Time. Ladies and gentlemen, here to present our next award, please welcome Kristen Stewart. When the I Like a Refund podcast was created, the boys had always anticipated that getting through most of these movies would be a colossal chore. And boy, it certainly has. But every once in a while, a ray of light will shine through and save them from the torment they have created for themselves. Here are the nominees for the I'd Watch That Again Award. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Downsizing. The Good Dinosaur. So this is the award where, th- let's just get this out of the way. This is the only positive award we have on the entire show. <laughs> like, I, like, congratulations to the three nominees because these are the movies that are not as ridiculously terrible as some of your other fellow uh, criteria that we have here so good job to you three i want to who wants to go first because i'm i'm very intrigued to see what everybody <sighs> says about this i i mean i'll go first it this one was actually also pretty tough because there are a handful of these movies that i would watch again um but i mean once upon a time in hollywood is just a genuinely phenomenal film i know it has its problems we talked about it i know you guys have issues with this that movie's fantastic I'll, I'll fight you. I will fight you if you want to tell me it's not You're because it to. is. You're it it is. Fight and the me. Fact, the fact that you would say you'd rather watch Good Dinosaur again before oh, you'd easily. watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. E- easily. Completely unbelievable. Easily. So I would watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right now. I don't even care if it's three hours long. I'll watch it five times in a row. Over the last like year or whatever, I think I said it in the episode, I watched it like five times over quarantine. It's a phenomenal film. Fantastic performances. Really great performances. And it's a good time. And especially for someone like me who absolutely loves L.A., obviously I'm going to have a little bit of bias towards it. But the film's just phenomenal. And out of everything that we've watched so far, if I had to pick one movie to watch again, it would be that. I'm, I'm not spending two hours and 40 minutes yeah, watching that that's, movie again. That's, a, that's, a, that's your biggest downfall for this movie is that it's the long, it's like very the long Oh, no, a film is more than two hours. God forbid I spend that much time in a theater on my couch. Well, you know what? Make, <laughs> movies make a can't better, be long. <laughs> make, a better mo- make a better movie if it's going to be two hours and 40 minutes. Make yep. a more interesting movie. That's, that's all it boils down to. Man, I've I, seen I, Wolf of Wall I would Street. hate to have to watch something through your guys' eyes if you don't find that interesting. We've talked about this on the Once Upon a Time episode. The only there's like a third of that movie is interesting. Everything else is boring. Like, that movie is very so here's the thing. I'm actually going to admit to something you guys might hate me for. Um, 
I did not watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for our episode. And the reason why is because every other movie, I actually am okay with spending time to watch it. Um, not Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm sorry. That movie was too long the first time. I was excited about it for, for the first time. Me too. Um, and just so let down by that movie. Um, I could not spend three hours watching that movie. I, I watched clips of it for our videos because I remembered th- <laughs> for our podcast because I remembered the parts that I wanted to talk about specifically. So I watched those, but and you're just I like the other, the other guys will cover the rest of it. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what I thought. I've watched every other movie. I, I couldn't do it for once upon a time in Hollywood. So I'm sorry, Joel, if we have to go one way, it's not going to be yours. Well, I know for sure I'm not winning already, but no. I, th- I feel like I'm already the winner because I enjoy that movie. So, I mean, I'm happy for you that you enjoy the movie. That doesn't mean I have to. Yeah, yeah no, that's... I'm not saying you have to. I just feel bad for you guys. <laughs> I, I'm i happy for you as well, Joel. Well, Cameron, you, tell, tell us about downsizing then. So Because you, why... you, you, were, you were by far the only person of our group. I, and let me double check this. You were the only person. Joel flipped that... flopped on downsizing a little bit. But you're the only one that didn't ask for any money back on the refund on that movie. So I, I had a feeling you were going to go here with your nominee. So I'm curious to see what you're going to say. Yeah. So the reason why, so the reason why I'd watched downsizing again, actually is because I hated it the first time I watched it. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, Oh, you know what? This is actually kind of a brilliant movie. Right. And like, that's why I'd watch it again is because I, th- I really think that the movie did a, huge disservice to itself by the way it marketed itself because the movie that it marketed was not the movie that it gave you and i felt cheated coming out of the movie theater because i was like that's not what i wanted to see that's not what i paid to see right the second time i watched it i already knew what i was getting into i already knew what the plot was going to be and i was able to pay more attention to the movie itself rather than being pissed off that it wasn't the movie that i had initially wanted to watch um, and so for that, I think that downsizing is, I think it's hilarious, uh, watching it back again. I was able to laugh at a bunch of the jokes that I didn't laugh at the first time. Cause I wasn't pissed off. Um, I think it's, the acting is incredibly good. I think that the, um, I think that the writing is good. I think that the special effects and like the practical effects of it are, are really cool. Um, I understand that pretty much everyone else who is on this podcast didn't like the movie but i also have to say this was i i i think a reason why you guys didn't like it was because it was your first time watching it and i do think listen i don't think that you should give every movie a second chance i'm gonna be honest with you the first time i watched grand budapest hotel i hated it i thought that movie sucked right and then i watched it again and i was like how was i so wrong about this movie this movie is literally a masterpiece right and i'm not saying that downsizing is you know a masterpiece like um you know like grand Budapest hotel but i think it is actually a legitimately fantastic movie that i think people should watch a second time and it's a movie that i would be willing to watch again that's why i nominated it for the i'd watch that again award joel you can go ahead i don't i, I thought you were going to say something <laughs> i can't i mean i can say something yeah you go ahead yeah you go ahead. I, I mean we can declare you as no, the winner here well, ryan oh i'm not i haven't even, i haven't i haven't i know even. that's what i'm saying i know we can <laughs> declare i'm not gonna pick downsizing it, it wasn't that bad but like i would watch 
good dinosaur again. It's we've talked about it. It's not Pixar's best, but it's not an absolutely terrible movie. It has its no, problems or whatever. And that and that kind of leans but into it's boring. Kinda, it kind of leans into why I picked it because I feel like it just gets a bad rap because it it's the worst Pixar movie. But it's if you're the worst movie from the one of the best animation studios going, that doesn't mean you're a bad movie. That just means that your expectations are so high that you don't meet them. And I think of all three of these movies that we've picked, this is the one where you could make an make the best argument to be like, oh yeah, you know what? I'll give that another shot. Maybe I missed something there. And to really help it out, it's a lot shorter than your guys' movies too. So it's a lot easier to watch. Um, I think there's a difference between watching a movie and putting a movie on in the background and having and being like, okay, that's fine. Good Dinosaur, I'd have no problem if I was over at a friend's house and we had that on and, you know, we were chilling or whatever. Um, as a movie, I would sit down and watch. I don't want to watch A Good Dinosaur again. I didn't like it the first time. I thought it was even more boring the second time. But I, I think I think if I went over to a friend's house and he had downsizing on, I would I would just tell him. Well, you chill. wouldn't have downsizing on at a friend's house because that's a movie you need to watch. I just wouldn't do I He'd be like, hey, you want to come over and watch Downsizing? He'd be like, no you're like you're I, no longer my friend yeah, how'd you get this number yeah um yeah i i i think my pick is the least egregious of the three and joel if you're if you're if you're good i, to swap I would go over, your route yeah i would go your yeah. route if i i mean like i said i know but, i'm not but, gonna but win but begrudgingly switch over yes. i mean it, it it was on my on i guess it, i could say it was on my short list you know um yeah. i'm being ganged up on well you picked a bad choice <laughs> of all the movies, this one has the highest reviews. So, oh wait, no, that's right, that's Joel's. Never mind, I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah well, congratulations, <laughs> you played yourself. I played myself. Our, our movies were Oscar nominated. It's true. He's got nothing for that. Yeah, I think that's it. That's what the movie deal. did I pick? Oh my god, <laughs> you picked downsizing. <laughs> yeah, I picked downsizing. Yeah, you did. I think it was uh, not well, nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I think it I was nominated why. for an Oscar. For what? Uh, screenplay. Right now. Oh, you know what it might have be. been. I don't think it was, but it might have been. What year was that again? I don't even remember. It wasn't that long. Oh uh, no, it wasn't nominated it was for Golden Globes. Oops. All right. Well, uh, it was well, the Golden just... Globes. That's right. Okay. No, that that barely counts. That... Um. All right. I think uh, I think we have our winner then, right? Are we good to good to declare? Mm-hmm. And the refundee goes to. The Good Dinosaur. Our presenter for our next award, ladies and gentlemen, Amelia Clark. Actors are the backbone of the film industry, for without them, there's no one to point the camera at. No one to deliver the lines. No one to bring our characters to life. And for some lucky actors, they get to become the stars of our films at a very young age. They get the chance of a lifetime to star in a major motion picture and lead to a long and prosperous career. Right? Here are the nominees for Worst Child Actor. Derek McCabe, A Wrinkle in Time. Derek McCabe, A Wrinkle in Time. Jaden Smith, After Earth. 
I knew Ryan's pick was going to be Jaden Smith. <sighs> yeah. I, I knew so, it was. so when I first told you about this category, he was the first name that popped into my head. And then for some reason, your pick popped in my head as well. And I thought about it. But I think there's a huge reason why I think Jaden Smith should be the winner here. He's the lead in the film. Like You spend the whole movie with Jaden Smith. That whole movie, you're with Kitai Rage. Yes, his name is Kitai Rage for anybody that forgot. He is your main character, and he is so awful in that role that you can't, you can't take anything positive out of that movie because it's just about him. And I know what you guys are going to say. You're going to say that uh, the Derek McCabe kid, Charles Wallace, was – the same thing like he was terrible and he was he was terrible but you're gonna you're gonna say that the scenes that he was in were just so overacted and just so unpolished that he should be the winner and i i just disagree i don't think he affects the film as much as jaden smith so here's the thing um i didn't spend the entirety of after earth wishing the actor would uh rather the character would um trip and snap his neck (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I fucking hated this kid. (laughs) He was so annoying the entire time. I'm sorry. There's a difference between not being a good actor and then, uh, and not being a good actor and having your character be the most annoying piece of shit in the world. Charles Wallace, that performance was like somebody like, like he showed up to set and every person he encountered walking to set was like, Oh my God, you're such cutie kid. You're so adorable. Oh my God. And it was just like the whole time he was like, I'm the cutest kid in the world and I'm going to make everybody realize that. And it was just so like, it was annoying. He, nothing about his character was redeemable. Like I know you're going to disagree, especially after you hearing your retort, but like, yeah, Jaden Smith didn't do great, but he also, it wasn't terrible. Like I see that performance. I'm like, okay, you know what? I can, I can forgive that. Whereas this, whereas the Charles Wallace character that was like, he was so young that like they could have molded him to do whatever and they they let him go this route with it and it's just like beyond terrible like so, like Cameron so, said I can sit through I, I can sit through after earth again mm-hmm. and watch that I would not be able to sit through wrinkle in time again the instant that Charles Wallace comes on the screen I would be losing my mind because that character and that performance are just beyond terrible so you're willing to forgive the 16-year-old Jaden Smith in a movie that was produced by his father and he was absolutely terrible. But you're not 100%. For, 100%. You're not, you're not willing yeah, to forgive like the 8-year-old kid in time? Yeah, because Jaden Smith's performance wasn't that terrible. Oh, was it yes, bad? It, yes, it yeah, was. Yeah, sure. So yes, it was. I actually disagree with Joel here. I do think that Jaden Smith's performance was very bad. However, I don't think as bad as Charles Wallace in wrinkle in time i'm sorry but this entire i mean from the very very beginning i hated charles wallace just the fact that he he made everyone call him charles wallace i know that's the character (laughs) and not the actor but i feel like the kid made everyone on set call him charles wallace i am and just to clarify i am by no means saying that i think jaden smith did like phenomenal i think you're i think you're you're overselling how are you're underselling how horrible he was he was really bad in this movie yes but I, again at the same time it's not like i watch it and i'm like oh this is you know like driving me insane the way i would with charles wallace okay, like but, I, but, but he should be better jaden smith should be better in his movie than the eight okay. year old little kid should be he, okay, maybe 
No, he should but that's, be. But that's not the question. The question is not, well, he should have been better, and the fact that he wasn't means that his is worse. No, the question was, which is the worst performance? And if you're comparing these two, Charles Wallace is eons worse than I don't think whatever, Katai no, Rage or whatever the hell his name is. I don't think it's nearly as big a gap as you're saying it is. I know I'm not going to win out here, but... I think you're you guys defended After Earth a lot when we did the episode too, and I really don't get it. Like I really don't understand. Did that I movie. defend? I, and I, we, we, you and I defended who whose fault it was. Yeah, that was guys, the big thing you that guys we just, defended. You guys must be getting paid off by the Smith family because I don't. I, wish. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I do wish. not understand the defense of Will Smith and Jaden Smith for that movie, but it's okay. Uh, I'm I will concede on this one because we need to keep going. Um, but I'm not happy about it. That's right. We win. I'm not happy about having to sit through Charles Wallace. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Charles Wallace is fucking terrible. So, it's, uh, how are you going to tell me that his acting at the end of the movie was not worse than Jaden Smith? Because I had to spend a whole movie with Jaden Smith. He the entire two hours he's on the screen the whole time. I have to spend the whole movie. With, at least, it, at least you get a reprieve of Charles Wallace in A Wrinkle in Time. He disappears for a little while. Thank God. But I have to deal with Katai. But then Rage. you have to watch all the other child actors in that movie. Well, that's that's the other thing is the whole cast in that one is horrible. Yeah. So. But at least there's other characters to take your uh, take your attention away from Charles Wallace. I have to spend a whole movie with Katai Rage, and I was so miserable doing that. This is off topic, but I just want to ask this as we round this out: between those two movies, which one would you rather watch again? A Wrinkle in Time. No, no. Yeah, it's not after, after Earth. One hundred percent. After Earth is so awful. No, I disagree with you. Um, I would watch I would watch Wrinkle in Time just to just to hear the meat pie line again, or the the, the hot food line, whatever it was called. I smell food. Yeah. Good roasted food. <laughs> good, good roasted food. Yeah, I would just like to hear that again. That one, and then the kid like. Oh wait, why didn't I choose him for the Why are you here? <laughs> That's right. He didn't do anything the entire movie. <laughs> That's true. He didn't. He didn't either. Um. All right. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think we have our winner for this one. And the refundy goes to Derek McCabe, A Wrinkle in Time. Coming up after the break, the award for dumbest plot. And then later, worst movies picked here at the 2021 refundies. Ladies and gentlemen, here to present our next award, please welcome... Uh, hold on. Is that really him? I, I'm pretty sure that's not him. I, I think that's Colonel Sanders. Uh, okay. Uh, please welcome Michael Kane. Well, hello. I'm Michael Kane. A director takes on many tasks throughout the duration of the filmmaking process. While on set, the director takes charge of the cast and crew and makes sure everyone is doing their jobs to the utmost ability. And that's why, if the movie absolutely tanks, the fault falls on them. To the point we may never see them direct another project again. Here are the nominees for director who killed their career. Peter Stone, The Good Dinosaur. David Frankel for Collateral Beauty. Joss Whedon for Justice League. 
This one was very hard for me. And I even like, I'm not the biggest fan of my choice either, but my angle for this was that the only thing that he's directed prior to this was a short. Okay. This was his first feature that came out and it's a Pixar film, right? Pixar almost every single time comes out and is a smash hit. Even some of their weaker ones have been smash hits, right? However, this film to this day, even with like non-film buff, you know, for lack of a better term, people, you talk about the good dinosaur, they're like, oh, I didn't like that movie. You know, we got quite a few comments when we posted that we were doing it. Like, oh, I I did not like this movie, you know, or oh, Mm -hmm. you know, my wife, my kids, we didn't like this movie, whatever it may be. So for him to come out and be a fresh director, first timer, directing this Pixar film, and it still flopped. My mindset is that I don't know if Pixar will let him direct again. Would it would I hope they would? Absolutely. I would love to see him get another shot. I just don't know if at least through Pixar he'll get that other chance. Whereas I feel like a lot of other directors like Cameron's Cameron's choice that that may be uh th- that could be a good one. I think that one is very heavily on script as well. Um but like with yours Ryan at least with Joss Whedon yeah, it was really bad. It was bad. Uh, but at least with Joss Whedon, he has previous work that's been great. You know, you think of someone like like Steven Spielberg or, or Scorsese or whatever, where it's like they're just doing hit after hit after hit. They have this speed bump, and it's like, oh, yeah, that wasn't bad. Indiana Jones 4, what the hell? And then they come back with something else that's good, right? Whereas Peter Sohn, he doesn't have that repertoire already built up. So will people look at this and say, you know what? he didn't he didn't perform he had his chance and he didn't perform and could that have a negative effect again i hope it doesn't but that that was my angle with that can you can you answer a question for me um yeah do you think that pixar because they have a track record of bringing back their directors for another run regardless of like i know most of their movies perform really well but they just have that track record of their directors coming up through their system and getting more shots on goal, essentially direct more films. Don't you think that Peter Sohn, even though this movie wasn't the most successful one, that he would still probably fit that criteria of getting to direct another project for them? That was something that actually crossed my mind a lot, which I was trying to debate. Like I said, this was a tough choice for me because I, I don't want this to be the end for him, right? And I thought about exactly that. But then I think about someone like Dan Scanlon, who I love Dan Scanlon. I loved Monsters University, right? But Monsters University, even though it's not regarded as one of Pixar's best films, it still performed very well. And it's it's definitely better than The Good Dinosaur, right? And like you said, he got his second chance and he crushed it with Onward. I don't think Good Dinosaur holds a candle to what Monsters University was. Granted, it's not like an existing IP. Right. These are all new characters for us. So it is different, but it didn't have the elements of a normal Pixar film, especially in terms of like things that get kids interested. You know, I don't see kids playing with good dinosaur toys. You know, the the kids don't relate to these good dinosaur characters. I wouldn't even be able to tell you if there were good dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. There, there there will be when we, when we get our theme park attraction added to California adventure, but it's just, the fact that, like I said, it'd be like how how else would I describe this? It'd be like giving someone the keys to a Ferrari to race a Honda Civic, and they lost. You know, 
Mm. That's kind of what it feels like is it's like, here, take this Pixar film and then for him to go out and it just didn't perform. And it, 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 that's the angle I keep going back to, you know, Mm -hmm. is that it's like, you're, you're kind of handed a film at a studio. Granted, again, I think we discussed it. I don't think he was the original director. There was some sort of thing. Yeah, I was. That was going to be my other question I had for yeah. you. Was like, was he on board during all of like the reshaking and he, retooling they did over there for that? He was already part of it, and then he took it over. So that that's a huge point too. You know, I, I actually right. forgot about that. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, still the fact that it's like here, you're going to direct this film for a studio that just has hit after hit, and then to underperform. I think I think that's tough. You know. Yeah. Well, let me yeah, tell you, you why tell you're us, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Tell <laughs> us about David um, Frankel. I do think you know, Joel. You might raise a good point, but we don't have too much of a history of him. We don't know if you know if that had been a good movie, how many other movies he would have done by now. So yeah, I guess you could say maybe it killed his career. But let's let's look at the facts, and let's look at David Frankel. All right, David Frankel. He was a guy who directed some television shows, right? A show called Dr. Doctor. Grapevine. Then in 2001, he directed Band of Brothers. Wow. All right. So he directed that, two episodes huge, of Band a, of Brothers. Then he got yeah. Sex in the City, Entourage. 2006, he made his first, I guess it's not his first, but his first big feature film, which was The Devil Wears Prada. Now, we all know The Devil Wears Prada, right? Meryl Streep winning an award for that movie. So, you know, pretty excellent movie. He went on to make Marley and Me. You know, it's not like it's a great movie, but it's, you know, it exists. You know, we people still talk about it's, it. It's it's in the pop culture stratosphere. Yeah. yeah for sure. uh, then he made The Big Year. Okay, not really many people talked about that movie. It was, uh, I think it was actually pretty decent. It was a bird watching movie with Jack Black, um, Owen Wilson, and Steve Martin. Yeah, that's right. Um, And then he made a couple other ones Hope Springs, no clue. It was like with Tommy Lee Jones or something like that. Uh, One Chance was about uh, this kid, um, Paul Potts. You remember he was this. it's based off a true story. He won British Got Talent or what or something like that. He's an opera singer. All right, so he's already kind of starting to go downhill. 2016 comes. He makes Collateral Beauty. Now, Collateral Beauty is uh, maybe one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. It is offensively bad in every aspect of the word. He breaks, He directs Collateral Beauty. What has he done since? Well, he did a pilot of the TV show Manifest. And we all know how that was. I mean, no, we don't because no one watched it. Uh, (laughs) He did a couple episodes of The Morning Show. Okay. We all know how that was. It wasn't good. He did The Baker and the Beauty. You know that terrible show that was like on ABC? No, you don't because no one remembers it. And now he's doing... You undersold Morning Show, by the way. I was going to say. That show is pretty successful. Yeah, I get that it's successful, but, you know, it's not that good. Um, It's successful. Okay, Okay, we'll say say that one's successful. But it's not like he directed, you know, it's not like he was a major part of it. All he did was direct. He didn't write, produce any of it. He didn't do the, he wasn't doing the pilot, right? No, he didn't do the pilot, no. Okay. 
Um, and then he's got this show that he's directing a couple episodes for called Inventing Anna or Anna or something like that. I don't even know what that is. It's a Netflix show or something. That's he, that's your that's your statement. Yeah. He hasn't um, he hasn't directed or even been offered a movie since 2016. That was five years ago. He doesn't even have any in pre-production. That's how you kill. I, if you if you go from making movies to directing television shows only, you've killed your career. You know who else I, is doing that? Joss Whedon. <laughs> that's what he's doing now. Too. Yeah, but he's doing an HBO show. That's a little bit different. No, it's fair. I mean, Apple TV and HBO. I know some people might be able to compare them. I wouldn't yet. Um, Joel, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say like, I mean, that's tough. Like, I understand your point, but it's also really tough because. I know a lot of directors start in TV and then they go to film and that's where they stay. But there's also some directors who it's like they enjoy doing television. They get more you know, to play and with. especially seeing how much television he came from because there's a lot of directors who it's like they do a couple of things of television here and there and then once they get into film they stay. But he had so much television beforehand that him going back to television now doesn't doesn't necessarily scream like a dead career to me. I totally agree with you collateral beauty was terrible and it absolutely could be an effect that could be the reason he's doing television now um so i mean who knows um i did want to just ask though not that i don't believe you but did you have like a source that he hasn't been offered a film or did you just like say that i mean was, i mean on his imdb he doesn't have anything in pre-production or anything right i saw that um so that's where i'm going with that I just didn't know if you had like read something that was like, oh, and he to this day he's yet to be offered another feature film. Well, no, I, I'm just going off of the IMDb. Um, but know, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, that, that's a it's a good choice. It's he's directed a good choice. five television episodes since. Yeah, uh, that movie. So. Um, All right, but yeah, Ryan, get let's get let's get into some Joss Whedon here. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows the story with Joss Whedon now. Like, it's. I don't want to steer away from his from the actual like directing side of things, but it's a story that you have to keep in mind when it comes to his career because the stuff that's come out from him in the last couple of years has just really been cratering his career to the point where the only thing he's done since he took over the Justice League is his new show, The Nevers, which I haven't seen any of it yet. I don't know. Did you guys watch that yet by chance or no? No, I have not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really, not really that interested in it. But in terms of just directing the movie, I know he had a t he had a tough task of picking up where somebody else left off. But he's the one that chose to make all of the drastic changes to the movie to make it fit more his style. And say what you want about the. Zack Snyder Justice League, we we all watched both versions. I don't think any of us would say that the the Justice League is the one that we would go back and maybe look look through again. And I it, trust me, the Snyder Cut is not perfect. And in my personal opinion, it never should have been made to begin with. The, jo the Joss Whedon Justice League is the one we should have gotten, and that should have been it. But you can't – it's hard. It's hard, man, because Joss Whedon is the most accomplished director out of the three that we've mentioned here. But with where he's – I feel like of the group, he's the least likely to have his career turn towards the upward direction again just because of all the backlash and things that have come out about him. 
I think the reason why you can't choose Joss Whedon is because we don't know yet. Don't know what? We don't know if his career is dead. What are you talking we about? We don't know if any of these guys' careers yeah, what are, are you, dead. What, what well, no, is but like, at, but like, you're, no, no, no. But at least <laughs> we have some time between the good dinosaur and now. At least we have some time between Collateral Beauty and now. We don't have any time between Joss Whedon and uh, Joss Whedon's most. It's not like the Nevers. He directed some episodes. That's his show. He's the showrunner. His career's not. His career's not over. And do like, do we know if he'll ever direct a movie again? I don't know. I sure hope, you know, with, I sure hope not with, you know, the stuff that was coming out about the justice league. I hope he's done with the career, but I don't know if that movie killed his, I don't know if that movie killed his career. This is hard. Fair argument. This is hard because I disagree. Like, okay. So we're talking about, you know, all the issues that we've heard come up with the justice league, right. And with Joss Whedon. And for me, kind of like to the point you were saying, Ryan, Although that stuff does have a huge effect, I think we need to put that off to the side because it more comes down to the actual direction of the film, right? That being said, as I was kind of discussing earlier, I think Joss Whedon is one of those directors who has established himself prior to this, and he's such a big name that I think, just the way my mind works, that he could still easily get decent sized projects i don't think he's going to get another project through disney of course right he's not going to get anything through dc yeah Yeah. but i still think studios out there smaller studios maybe would see his name and say no one else is going after this guy let's scoop him up i think there's still a chance i mean we see it with hbo max he's like cameron said he has his own show already you know it's like yeah it's not a feature film but this is his show. Yeah. I don't think the industry is quite at the point yet where he's just out of the way. And I'm not saying this specifically for my choice. Cause I think it works somewhat with Cameron's as well, but I think someone like Joss Whedon is one of those people who, unless it was just something absolutely abysmal, it's hard to say like a film's going to kill his career. You know, whereas like with R2, mine, Peter Sohn, he's a first time director, right? Cameron's, yeah, he's got a couple of films under his belt or whatever, but he's not some big name. Like if you, what is his name? Peter Frankel or Dave Frankel? Dave Frankel, David, right? David Frankel. David yeah. Frankel, right? You say David Frankel to anybody on the street, who who's going to know who that is? You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's just hard to say, like to pick someone like Joss Whedon and say that, oh yeah, this killed his career because there's, mm. there's totally a, plausibility, you know, we have a hit, we have a history of high, higher powered people in the industry. I mean, we even see it a little bit with Tarantino. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So um, I, I just, I'm, I, I'm willing yeah. to, I'm willing to concede on this one. Uh, but I do want to say for everybody listening at home, fuck you, Joss Whedon, you're a piece of shit. Um, all right, well, Joss Whedon's not coming on this show. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's too hard. That's why, like I said, I think for, for me at least it comes down to just between Cam- Peter Stone yeah. and, and Cameron's choice just because it's they have nothing to support them prior to this that can keep them in the game. You I know, think it's kind of I, a, like I you think, screwed up and that's it. I think the reason I would lean towards Cam is the – argument i brought up to you earlier which is that i feel like pixar likes to keep their people in-house and i don't think they're gonna yeah. blame him outright for the failure 
that was the good dinosaur, I think they're gonna. I think they would give him another chance. Yeah, and and like I said, I hope so. This this was a tough choice, and uh, yeah, that, that's a solid point. You know, I yeah. think, and I think you're you're totally right. I hope they do give him another chance. So I think, uh, are we good to to declare this one? Yeah. And the refundi goes to David Frankel, Collateral Beauty. Here to present our next award, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Poopy Butthole. Oh gosh, throughout their careers, actors work on a multitude of different projects, and with each one, they gain more clout within the industry. The most successful of actors can even reach a point where they can pick and choose the roles they take. So it can really pique a person's curiosity when you see one of your favorite actors in a role that just doesn't seem quite right. Here are the nominees for Why Did You Agree to Do This Award. Ooh-wee! Matthew McConaughey, Serenity. Every main character in Collateral Beauty. Will Smith, Collateral Beauty. So I think I think Cameron loses by default See, again. No, because, because he can't this, pick one person. No, because that's the thing. Every single person yes, you could say Will Smith, but what okay, but why did Helen Mirren feel like she had to do okay. it? Why it's, did so let me yeah, let me chime in here because I was telling these two off off mic backstage, I mean. I was telling these two backstage um that this one was very hard for me to pick. There were a handful that I almost picked. The number two and number three for me were Helen Mirren and uh what's his name uh Ed Norton Edward Norton yeah Ed Norton those two were very close for me picking them um and then you picked Will Smith you know I I I feel like I I we have to give it to somebody in collateral beauty just because how do you everyone (laughs) you know it's like for me the reason I went with Matthew McConaughey is just because and again this goes for saying with the same people the thing with the collateral beauty people but it's like Matthew McConaughey's track record is pretty solid. You know, he's had a couple of duds here and there, but like this was just so far out there that I don't know how he read this and thought, yeah, I want to be part of this. I, I but can, you could say I, the same I, thing. I think he. All, I think he agreed to do it just because he could go on location in on some island and, and do jack shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, do nothing. That's See, yeah. and and that's and that's the thing, and that's why I think literally all of the main characters. I mean, you have Will Smith, you have Kate Winslet, you have Jacob Lattimore. Even Jacob Lattimore, this was beneath him. You know, he was a relatively decently sized uh, sized star at this time. You have. Um, Kieran, was it Kieran Knightley? Yeah, Kieran, yeah, Kieran, yeah, Kieran. It was Kieran Knightley, Helen Mirren, um, and Will Pena. Sm- Michael. Was he in that movie? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. okay, Michael Pena, and I, for some reason I was thinking Michael Pena's in that movie, but I'm like that can't be right. He was in that. Okay, yeah, um, he's the one with cancer. Oh, yeah. that's right, that's right, and um, and uh, Will Smith, of course, right? Every single one of those people, except for maybe Mike, Michael Pena. Uh, it's below them. Every single, especially Kate Winslet, especially Helen Mirren, especially Kira Knightley, especially Will Smith. I mean, those. I I don't understand. They had to have blackmail on these people to get them into the movie. All of those people. Wh- why did they agree to do this? Yes, I agree with you that Will Smith for Collateral Beauty. Why did he agree to do this? 
but honestly, if we if we had to choose one actor from that movie, it would it would one hundred percent be Helen Mirren. I because don't agree with that. because why is she there? She she would have been my my top choice. Cameron, See, I, I I will say this, and Ryan, sorry to cut you off, but no, you're fine. Ryan was already hinting at it. Like, pick one person. We need you to pick one person. We can't say the whole cast. So if you had to pick one person, it would be and, Helen and, Mirren. Then okay. See, I I'm gonna I might upset some people with my opinion on this one, but I don't really care. Um, this movie came out what year? 2015, 16? 16. 16. Will Smith was one of, if not the biggest star in Hollywood around that time. Like, no disrespect to everybody else in that cast, but Will Smith is the biggest name in that cast. He was the most profitable actor of that cast. He he is not somebody that you would think would agree to a role like this. I don't think I think he's playing a character that is so out out of left field for what he can do as an actor and i think honestly i think the rest of the cast is just i don't think they're really playing like they're just playing like asshole versions of their normal selves i don't think helen mirren is doing anything in this movie that isn't just her just waking up and cashing a check and just saying stupid lines it just feels like she's just being herself in the movie and i think a lot of them i think kate winslet feels that way i think michael pena feels that way Ed Norton is just a caricature of a character, but he has a moniker of kind of being a dick anyway, so I kind of get it. Will Smith, he just he just he just comes into this movie and he barely speaks. Like guys, he doesn't say a word outside of the opening scene until like 50 minutes into the movie. Like why like Will Smith, how does Will Smith see this script and just think like yeah, this this is a good role for me. I, I get it. I can I can work with this. I, I I I agree with you that everybody in this movie is terrible, but I think he stands out the most out of the group. Well, then my initial pick should have won. But I yeah, think but then you're cheating. No. Yeah, you're cheating. That is cheating. Yeah, you're cheating. Yo, okay. So when you say that he's at the highest in his career at 2016, I, yeah, that's I highly disagree with. Yeah, that. that's kind of bunk in my opinion i didn't say um, the highest of his career i said he was you said he was the biggest said, actor of all these he people was, that, yeah he of this of this group absolutely yeah 2015 no oh absolutely of, of the group maybe yeah but just in general but i think i would lump him just with those people because yeah. it's not like no, he's somebody I who's I like through the roof like everyone's dying to have will smith in their movie in 2016 yeah. I he did that, and he did Focus the year before, right, in Suicide Squad. Okay. Yeah. I remember, I remember when I saw that he was in Suicide Squad, Black I was 3. actually kind of like, oh, like, Will Smith's back. You know, like, I think of, like, peak Will Smith, and I'm thinking, well, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, yeah, that is peak Will Smith, but I, again, out of this cast, just the, just these, what, eight people, eight main characters in this cast, he's the driving force of this movie in terms of star power. Like I'm sorry, but that, I think, I think that just arguable. comes with the baggage from the from before. I don't think necessarily it's because of oh, in 2016, Will Smith is a massive star. I still think he was a massive star. Like six, I, this is the type of like. Again, I agree. Why did he do this? But I could, if you told me, oh, Will Smith agreed to do this movie, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I, that sucks, but I get it. But well, like Cameron, well, how saying, do you want, like, how do you understand why Helen Mirren did this then? That's how, what I'm saying. Did, is I don't. I don't understand how Helen Mirren. I can see Will Smith picking to do this movie. I can't see Helen Mirren why? agreeing Tell to do this. Why? Tell me why. Because she's—it's just not the type of movie she's in. I've seen her. You know, do she does stuff like Red and whatever. She picks weird movies. Absolutely. But <laughs> we've seen Will a, Smith do sappy movies. We've yeah, we've seen this from Will Smith before, and I don't think Helen Mirren's track record goes this far. 
Right. No. I'd say that this is along the same line of pursuit of happiness, seven pounds, collateral beauty. They, they, it, it matches up with his. No, it no, it doesn't. No, it's not fair. The sappy part, yes, but in terms of character of those three movies, there is no character in this movie. He's not. He doesn't do anything. He's not important to the story except for the fact that he's just the target of these horrible people. Like those other movies, like. Pursuit of Happiness is great, and he is phenomenal in that. Seven Pounds isn't as good, but at least he's like serving a purpose in that film. But he, he probably doesn't... took this role and thought he'd be able to do something with it. But how do you see the script and think you can do something with it? Because there's nothing. He doesn't do anything. But on top of that, I mean, you were saying Matthew McConaughey probably agreed to do this because he could just go chill on some island somewhere. You don't think Will Smith read this and was like, "Damn, I don't have to talk for half this movie. I just show up and play <laughs> with some dominoes." Well, you know okay, what I mean? all right, but like, I just you haven't really sold me on why this isn't a movie that would make sense for like Helen, Helen Mirren does some shit movies. Like, why are we pretending like, why are we pretending? She's at the pe- end of her career. She doesn't have to do movies. Oh, like that's this. my point though. Like if you're at the end of the career, who cares what you're doing? Will Smith is still trying to be a mega star in Hollywood. Why are you in this movie? That's my point. Like Helen Mirren, she's had a great career. We don't care if she's in this. It doesn't matter. This is somebody that is still trying to be a massive star in Hollywood. And this is the role that he's in. That's my point. He 100% took this role. Cause he thought it would get him an Oscar. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't refute what I just said, though. You just. That's just. That's not what I'm saying. Like you. You think that you. you so I don't understand. I really don't understand <laughs> why. Why the Helen thing is escaping you? Why is. Why is she? If if lo- Daniel Day way out there. If Daniel Day Lewis was in this movie. Okay, let's say he was Michael Pena's character or whatever. I, I I'm not even gonna pick Daniel Day Lewis. Let me pick somebody else. I don't know. Some other older actor who's. Uh, towards the end of their career five-time oscar winner something crazy right they're towards the end of their career and they agree to do this and then instead of will smith we have somebody like michael b jordan whatever right someone who's just peak star power they're budding they're 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 still getting their career going you're going to question the michael b jordan more than you're going to question the whoever the other person is the person that's towards the end of their career because they're towards the end of the career that that logic doesn't make sense to me how many actors have we seen at the end of their careers just be in a bunch of bullshit movies just to get a paycheck because it doesn't matter? We see it all the time. We see it all the time. That's literally what Robert De Niro and Al Pacino basically do now. They just do bullshit movies outside of the Scorsese movies. They just do a bunch of bullshit because it's an easy, easy uh, cash to, uh, check to cash. So why is Helen Mirren like this godly saint of an actor that can't fall into that same category when it comes to this movie? Like I don't see because why it's I so still ag- think I don't I- see why it's so egregious for her for her to be in this. I don't get it. Uh, well so this is the thing i i because i agree with you dude i don't understand why will smith chose to pick this either but at the same time like at least not from my end cameron maybe but even cameron i don't really see it that much but it's not like we're saying like oh will smith no no that doesn't that yeah i could see like sure whatever i can understand why would he pick this movie but to me when i look at that cast he is not the one that i think no like i don't understand how he picked this Helen Mirren, because of her track record, who she is as an actress, her an Academy Award winner in the past, you know, and, and I, I understand, you know, that she's not the only one, whatever. Her, it, it's the biggest curveball for me. Her character, she's not a lead role, right? She's this weird side character that is kind of like a god or something. We don't know, an angel, whatever, right? And mm-hmm. I don't understand how she fits into this piece. Again, like Cameron said, I don't understand how any of them fit into this. You know, but yeah, right. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that Will Smith by any means is like. I understand why he's in this movie. It, it really is just like um, you know, um, 
a battle for like the most I don't understand. Like, um, that was why I initially picked everyone, but then when I had to choose one, I went with Helen Mirren because that's the one that makes the least sense to me. Um, I don't understand why Will Smith is in this movie, but I still think if I had to choose with one ultimate, it would be uh, Helen Mirren. Okay. You know what? And, and, <laughs> and, and here's the thing, too. is like, Let me put it this way. It's like, you're saying that we're not selling you on the, like, well, why Helen Mirren over anyone else? And I get it's hard because you're the only one that's not on the Helen Mirren side here, but you're not selling me on Will Smith either. The points you're making about Will Smith aren't making it seem any more like, yeah, you're right. Why he's did the, he pick he's this? The, he's the fucking face of the movie. He's on the front of the poster. Okay, he's so the then first you, name in the cast. Helen Mirren hey, is in hey, the group with everybody but else. But then it makes more sense hey, do you to wanna, do it. Hey, do you want to be the lead of this of this film? Do you want to get paid the most and be yeah. the lead of this film? Absolutely, yes. Hey, do you want to be this weird side character that kind of doesn't make a lot of sense and doesn't really line up with things you've done in the past? Maybe kind of that, stouts your image true. a little bit? Uh, yeah, sure. No, that doesn't make any no. sense. Being offered to be a lead in a film and taking it makes more sense than you don't have to take this every. You don't have to take every. You role don't have to. You do he not didn't have take to. Jingo. Absolutely not. You do yeah, not. Yeah, he regrets that. However, if you're picking between two people, I I don't I, I see more incentive to pick this film if you're going to be the lead. If these roles were reversed. I probably would say Will Smith. I just don't see why Helen Mirren is distinctly different from the other seven non-main characters she's, in the group. She's not. I could pick any one of them, right? I, I, I guess I'm about to co- contradict what I just said, but like, I could pick any one of them, just like Cameron said. I almost picked Ed Norton. You could pick Edward right? Norton too, yeah. But sh- to me, like again, Ed Norton, I could see him doing this more than I could see Helen Mirren doing it. I just she uh, just this just does not fit with her for me. We could argue about this for <laughs> for days. hours on this one. Yeah, this would go a long time, but I'm not going to convince anybody. Um, so let's. I think we should call this one. And the refundy goes to Helen Mirren, Collateral Beauty. Our presenter for our next award, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, films can generate a complicated of different feelings, but one of them, more important than the other ones that we get, is the element of fun. Now, no matter which genre you consider your favorite, there should always be something fun to take from a movie. So when a movie is telling a story that is so egregiously lacking in fun, one has to wonder why the studio even bothered with the movie. Here are the nominees with Dumbest Plot. Collateral Beauty. Aloha. Collateral Beauty. Go ahead, Cam. That's you're, inter- the out, you're the outlier. So, you know what, Cam? That's actually one that didn't pop in my head. and Oh, it popped into I, mine. Yeah, yeah def- I want to hear this. Yeah. So I actually, I, I'm surprised that no one brought up Serenity. Um, because, that was my other choice. Because <laughs> it was a tie for me between Serenity and Aloha, uh, if I'm being honest. Um, the thing, the reason why I didn't go with Serenity is at least there was something... I guess you could say kind of in they tried something there, right? It, it like was, it, it was unique. It was unique, right. yeah. It, where, did, it doesn't work, but no, it's no, and and it's it's incredibly stupid. Um, but at least there was something there. Whereas with Aloha, 
that movie has to be one of the most convoluted plots that I've ever... And I didn't even know what the plot... Like, the plot yeah. was so confusing. It made <laughs> no sense. It Like, when we're describing it as this, like, romantic movie that's like, oh, yeah, it's this romantic movie between Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone. And it's about this... Um, their government... He's a government contractor, and they're trying to take land from the Hawaiian people, and there's a rocket, and they're going to launch it into space. It's got nuclear weapons on it, and Bill Murray actually owns the nuclear weapons and he's going to put the weapons above and you're just like this is a great rom-com and you're like what it's so convoluted and so insane and so dumb possibly the worst romantic comedy plot ever like i like trust me i totally understand where you guys are coming from with collateral beauty but aloha just stands out to me as just one of the dumbest plots ever because it makes no sense for the type of movie that it is. I mean, that's a fair point. Um, to go along with what you initially said, I also had a tie. Um, it was between Collateral Beauty and Serenity. Serenity was very close for me, but like you guys both said, as dumb as it was, it tried something, you know, which I gave it merit for that. Um, I didn't even think of Aloha, though. Um, that never popped into my mind. You're right. It is kind of outlandish, and, and it des- definitely doesn't fit the typical rom-com kind of vibe or formula, if you want to say. Uh, but I just think with Collateral Beauty, like, here's all your friends gaslighting you to, you know, leave your own company is just so just be bizarre. And then when we find out at the end that they're like angels or something, like, <laughs> there's just so many elements to this that I was like, what? And I know we're not talking about the writing here, but like hearing ed norton's dialogue and the way he was with like kira knightley like there was so much about this that i had a lot of questions and a lot of issue with um so for me as soon as i saw the dumbest plot one and i was deciding between the two it had to go to collateral beauty this is interesting because you guys picked the two that i was on the fence on yeah so it's really intriguing um i went with collateral beauty just because like joel said just from the get-go, the premise of that movie smacks you in the face, and you're just like, "What? Hold on a second! <laughs> like, your your not your boss, your friend is had his child was killed or just died. Yeah, she died because mm-hmm. she was sick. I think it was only like a year had passed or something. Was it even a year? I don't even remember. It, was, it wasn't yeah, that much time. I can't remember. Yeah, it wasn't that much time had passed, and you are so selfish." about your own personal standing in your company that you are willing to tarnish everything about this man who's dealing with tragedy and they just roll with it like there's and there's never a point where these characters like they they pretend like they feel bad but like when they're sitting in like the conference room and they're showing the edited video, I, I think we all said like we thought that when they went to show the video, mm-hmm. like maybe they had fixed it and didn't doctor it to make him look like a complete insane person, but they don't. They go they have these angel people try and show them that like that the right things to do in their life, like, hey, life has some like there's some good in life because you have like, you know, Edward Norton can't see his daughter because he's a scumbag. Uh, Kate Winslet is trying to have a child, but she she hasn't had the time to do it. Uh, Michael Pena's dealing with cancer. He doesn't always tell his family. You have these angels personified in human form coming to show you 
why what you're like how to change your course in life and make your life better but that has no effect on how you want to treat your own friend like i don't understand like i don't i don't get it it confuses me to this day and don't forget that that will smith's like therapist at his like you know tragedies anonymous meetings is his wife is his wife yeah (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that Uh, there was just so many issues with this that like you said cameron there was a lot that was kind of wrong with aloha Mm -hmm. yeah but it was yeah almost i almost feel like even though you said it doesn't fit as a rom-com like if you don't categorize it as that even though it's still a bad movie it's a little bit more like okay like like this is just a terrible movie you know and not that collateral beauty really fits into any genre either you know it's supposed to be a drama but it's just like there's so many elements to this that don't really even fit with one another let alone by themselves you know cam i I, i'd love to hear like any like closing thoughts on maybe trying to sway us yeah so i mean it's probably bad strategy to say i completely understand the collateral beauty um pick because yeah that plot is dumb but i think i mean for me it really does come down to just the fact that like <clears throat> when you look at when you're watching Aloha the plot and we we said this while we were watching it the plot is so dumb and ridiculous and convolutedly um comp like it's complex in a way that's confusing confusing is the best word right because yeah. you don't actually have a grasp of what's going on when um when Bradley Cooper and emma stone they're kind of like walking through the forest and like they go meet that tribe or whatever and like it's very it's just like a you have no idea what is happening right at least in collateral beauty i had a clue what was happening and don't get me wrong i was like this is disgusting how is this the plot uh how is this something that they're supposed to be like oh yeah isn't this such a beautiful movie um but as but like as far as aloha goes i just think it was another level of just misunder like it made no sense for what the movie was it literally it literally makes zero sense like it ends with him with bradley cooper blowing up a rocket in space because uh, as as like a gesture to his girlfriend to be like, oh hey, actually I still like you. Like, isn't this so cute? And but then like it's because he's got nuclear. Bill Murray's got nuclear weapons on it. And then the guys are like, they're like, oh we're fired. We're firing you. You're in so much trouble. We're gonna sue you. And then the next scene, they're in like hanging out in like some bar, and they're like, oh hey, by the way, he had nuclear weapons. <laughs> Have a beer with us, you know. And not saying that collateral beauty doesn't have that same kind of thing how they're all just kind of but like it's just they're both so out of the world so i i I understand both of them but i still have i i still personally think i have to stick with aloha i i wanted to ask kind of like in terms of both this category and film in general because like you know how you were saying like aloha is just so hard to follow and it's like not even understanding what the plot is Mm -hmm. right is lack of a plot worse than a plot that is dumb or like just terrible you know what i mean like like whereas aloha kind of like yeah it's terrible but like you said it's like what is the plot even you know 
I guess there's an argument that it's like, well, if you can't figure out what it is, that's how bad it is. But at least like you said, with collateral beauty, we understand what's going mm-hmm. on. It's just terrible and doesn't like work, you know? So it's like yeah. that that's for me where I'm kind of like weighing I back mean, and forth because I it's think a... you make great points for, for Aloha. You know, it, it, we roasted that one because it wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, Collateral Beauty was so much better than Aloha. I can't right, choose yeah. that for plot because they're both, they're both terrible. Like, they're both terrible. The plots are both dumb. This is one of those categories where it's like, you know, this is La La Land versus Moonlight. It's all, it's, it's up to the final, you know, the last vote kind of thing. Uh, you have no idea who's going to win. Um, but yeah, I mean, eh. And, like, the thing that really puts it over the top for me is the scene in Aloha where Emma Stone's on the phone with her mom and Bradley Cooper puts on the earphones and suddenly hears her phone call. That was the most confusing thing I've ever seen in a movie because I was like, wait, what? Is he listening to her phone call? How is he doing that? <laughs> I think um, I think to kind of put a bow on this, Aloha has a much less coherent plot than collateral beauty whereas collateral beauty has a is telling a worse story i think that's i think that's where they differ um joelle are you sticking with collateral beauty i am yeah uh, so it's up to me oh this is tough. like i said it's the moonlight versus la la land situation this, this is tough man. just pick one and then be like no wait look it's this instead <laughs> yeah right yeah. i just write it on a post just note. pick a third movie i get warren Beatty to come come into my room and just be like actually sir (laughs) (laughs) um uh oh my god uh oh man i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna flip i think i'm gonna go with aloha let's go that plot makes no sense and i hate the collateral beauty plot but at least there's a coherent story being told it's a horrible (laughs) one but it's coherent he sold me he almost had me on the uh, destroying a nuke and the guy and the guy showing up at the bar the next day with in Hawaiian t-shirts, but he really sold me with the Bradley Cooper spying on Emma Stone, listening with his radio, listening. He actually can tap into her cell yeah, phone her conversation spot. and hear everything perfectly. Yeah, I think I think we have our winner. No, it's a, it, it was a great point. Like I said, yeah. I didn't even think of Aloha. It didn't even pop into mind. And when you said that, I was like, oh, that's yeah. that is a good pick. Yeah, that was pretty good. And the refundee goes to. Aloha. Please welcome Jar Jar Binks. Lisa, see movie come out. Misa wants to go to theater and see movie. Movie look good on paper. Got fun, fun people. It looked like going to be fun time. But then it turned out big doo-doo. The big doo-doo. Me and little Annie can't go see big doo-doo on screen. I want to see good movie. Misa present nominee for Can We Try Again Award? Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. The Greatest Showman. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Cameron, why don't you go first this time? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I had a feeling both of you guys were going to choose Jurassic World. Um, 
for me the greatest showman is just an example of a musical done completely wrong on film i mean it's the, i mean it's just as simple as that you know um i think that the greatest showman had <clears throat> great music fantastic music i think it had a great cast i mean you've got zach efron hugh jackman michelle williams zendaya right is fantastic you know fantastic cast fantastic music and then i mean a story that could be interesting right if they approached it in a way that was a little you know not fantastical rather than kind of pointing out some of like you know that there's like uh, an issue you know some of like the like keeping it kind of historically real and like showing maybe some of like the things that some of the performers went through i mean obviously that's a very different movie but isn't that the point of this category right um and then of course one of the th you know structurally it was a mess but then one of the things that i talked about the most during this during when we were talking about is just the sheer um travesty that was the editing of the choreography this movie was cut like an action movie they didn't direct it like a film musical should be directed i feel like this movie very much has the parts to be something really extraordinary you could have done something very special with this movie and when all of the pieces came together it just came together in the absolute worst way possible and we just got this movie that was an absolute mess where the you know the dancing sequences the musical sequences were so choppy it looked like a you know john wick was easier to see what was happening uh than this movie um you know and so for me it re it really is the greatest showman for you know can we do that again can I ask you a question though? Yeah. Like, would you would you really want to see another take on the Greatest Showman? Like, would like would you really want to see that? My answer might be a cop out, but yeah, because I'll go see any any musical. Um, because because movie musicals really interest me. Yeah, I, yeah, um, musicals are fantastic. Because I think right, and like this like this might be. Um, when the trailer for West Side Story played um, the other day at the during the Oscars, and I mean, you know, I wasn't able to watch the Oscars, but um, when I watched the trailer to West Side Story, when I watched that, I was like, I am so excited to see how Steven Spielberg does this because the visuals in that trailer were so stunning, and I was like, this is how I like this is the perfect way to just these visuals seems like a stage play, a musical that has been translated to film in the absolute best way possible. And of course, this you, is something I, I think you could say that about the In the Heights trailer too, that also came out. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Both of them, right? And like yeah. those are and like I'm very excited for both of those because I I think that the. I think that going from stage to screen is such an interesting transition, right? And I know that obviously um, Greatest Showman didn't go from stage to mm -hmm. screen, right. but it's, you know, it is a musical. And so having kind of like the grandiosity of being a musical, uh, you know, a film musical and Greatest Showman didn't fill that. It, it had a faux grandiosity to it. Right. It, it very much felt constructed as in like, um, you know, we talked about it with like the the backgrounds, right, with like it felt like they were trying to be like a play rather than I mean, a film musical. Um, that's I mean, yeah, that's a I mean, you're definitely right in terms of how it was done as a musical. It's completely different than what we're used to from a musical. 
but I don't think the mu I don't think the music is the I, I know you're not saying the music. I think the music is good enough in that one that it would like would we would we just redo everything if we did a new version? No, and that? that's like, the same. Like we could keep the music. I mean, obviously, if the plot is changing, you'd have to change. But like, yeah. like I think that the music is like I think that the music is very very good. Yeah. Um, Definitely you know, the best part of the movie. I think that you know, obviously, we have the lyricists from you know La La Land. You know, it's it's good. Rewrite the stars is excellent. Um, you know the sh- the song with um the getting drunk song. Yeah, Zac Efron yeah. and Hugh Jackman is is excellent. And like that's the thing that makes me sad about that movie is because it seems like there were lots of great parts. There could be great parts to it, but they just failed miserably on execution. Joel, I want to let you cook on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but before you do, I just want to say one thing. Um, I didn't want to pick Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I wanted to pick Green Lantern, but I trust Warner Brothers so little to do that appropriately that I wouldn't even want them to take another chance on it. <laughs> um, so why don't you go? So I went with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and I'd like to hear why you picked it as well. First things first, I think it's interesting that the movies that we picked, I guess it makes sense, but I think it's interesting that the movies that we picked are yeah. two of the higher rated films in our repertoire and they are the first two films we talked about the very first two yeah Mm -hmm. um you make a lot of great points there cam um i love movie musicals as well uh probably not probably not as much as you because there are some out there that just drive me insane um but like you know you and i are both huge fans of la la land and you know there's so many good movie musicals out there um however like i watch greatest showman and i think it's like okay it gave me it gave me whatever it gave me and that's it like i kind of how ryan asked you like would you want to see this be made again Mm -hmm. and with this one i don't feel like it left me craving enough to want another one or a a redo of it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it wasn't great it had its flaws as we discussed um but it wasn't enough to where i was like well i wish someone would redo this and and make it better Mm -hmm. jurassic world fallen kingdom the first jurassic world film when that came out was kind of risky in a way not yeah. in a sense of making money, but it was risky in a way because this was them rebooting the franchise, right? Jura- or Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, those were still part of the original trilogy, yeah. essentially, it's right? So- it's essentially a soft it's reboot. It's a soft it's, reboot. It, it, it stays takes place in the same, yeah. yeah exactly. It's the same universe and stuff. It's just like, this is the continuation of the story after however many years, right? Yeah. And they, in my opinion, did great. Jurassic World was... I think Very that's, an, solid. that's an objectively good movie. Yes, I it think. is a it is a good film. For them to do Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and absolutely screw up everything that they just set up in the first one, not even necessarily set up, but it's like they took what was just a great film to get us back going with the Jurassic like franchise and then just threw it out the window in the second one. Okay. The first five minutes, as I talked about in the in the episode, phenomenal. That whole opening sequence with the Mosasaur and, and yeah. the T-Rex and all that stuff, that is like next-level Jurassic Park stuff. If the entire movie felt like that, I, I would have been blown away. It wouldn't have even been on our show. It would not have been on the show. However, they go this whole bizarre route where even, even like rescuing the, the dinosaurs off the island, I don't mind that plot. I think make I think the I, whole I, film that. I think I said it in the episode. I think I said that exact point. Like Everything that takes place on the island in this movie is good. Like had the everything. whole film taken place on the island like there's so many ways you can go this route if they're still trying to rescue the dinosaurs right okay cool while they're rescuing some of the dinosaurs you know some of the herbivores or whatever they're running into problems with the the carnivores you know all these different issues there's totally ways you can have this entire film take place 
on the island. But instead, they make this film too much about human versus human, which all the Jurassic Park films have had. But I feel like this one pushes it to another level. And there's so much human versus human in this that it takes away from what the Jurassic franchise is and could be. Right. And then you throw in the whole cloning bit at the end. And it was just like it jumped the shark. I'm really excited for the third one because I think it's going to get back to more along the lines of what the first Jurassic World was, especially bringing in all the characters, right? Like, I know sometimes people are like, that's a cop-out, you know, you're just bringing back these characters, whatever, but I think that all of them coming back, you know, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, I think they're coming back with the right intentions. You know, it's not like a paycheck type thing. This is such a beloved franchise that I think they would only come back if they felt it was right. You know, yeah. I know Jeff Goldblum kind of did that in the second one, but it was such a small role. Whereas this, the, the third film, they're apparently going to have a bigger role, right? So for me, knowing how much potential—I hate that word—but how much potential that second film had, only for them to kind of tease us with it at the beginning and then throw it out the window, and really kind of tarnish what was created in the film right before it, is why I feel I would much rather see this remade. Because I think, especially if the third film comes out as strong as I would like it to, having that middle film be so weak is really going to suck. As I've gotten older, I've learned to enjoy The Lost World more because I used to not enjoy it as a kid. And I know a lot of people don't like Jurassic Park 3, but I think the original trilogy is great. All three of them, I will sit there and watch all three, right? I worry that if this third film comes out and it comes out great, I won't care to watch Fallen Kingdom. I'll yeah. watch Jurassic World and I'll watch Jurassic World Dominion and I won't care to watch Fallen Kingdom. You'll almost be able to treat Jurassic World as its own thing separate from the rest of the universe right. where you can't do that with the other with the second one and then hope definitely not with the third one. Mm-hmm. So I just I feel like it wasn't necessarily true to the franchise and it could have been. And the fact that it is a franchise movie I feel like I'd much rather see that remade because I want it to fit in and I, I want more of what we got in Jurassic World and, yeah, and we I, didn't get that. I, I want to hear what Cameron says because Cameron's the one out of us that like, like Cameron actually liked Jurassic mm-hmm. World Fallen Kingdom. So I'm curious to hear what you're going to say about it, but I just want to throw my two cents in real quick. I'm pretty much in lockstep with Joel in terms of what I would want this move. If we redid Fallen Kingdom, what I would want to see. I would want to see them on the island rescuing the dinosaurs it's the whole like i would take out the the army and the the auction house and the mansion stuff i'd get rid of all that i know that's some stuff that you liked cameron um Mm -hmm. but i would get rid of that and just have a movie that's on the island like we we could say that like just having these movies take place entirely on the islands could get tired and you can't do anything new but rescuing the dinosaurs to save them from the island, I think, is an interesting premise. And they kind of steered away from it as opposed to just showing us what that could have been like. So that's what I would want to see if we did that. Where in terms of Greatest Showman, I think, Cam, if we were going to redo that, you would have to make it more historically accurate. Would you say that's maybe more along the lines of what we would have to do? Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. See, I, see I, I don't know if I would want to see that. I don't. We, we did our research on P.T. Barnum, and I told you some of the stuff about that guy. I don't know if I want to see that in a movie. like In a musical. Well, there are musicals about bad people. I mean, there's the um, – what's the um, – well, how am I freaking let – me, let me find the name of – there's the musical about um, Nazi Germany. 
Oh, um, oh, what is that called? Jojo Rabbit. That's not a musical, but it should have been. <laughs> um, ca uh, cabaret. Yeah, cabaret. Oh, uh, cabaret. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah right. there's a there's yeah. a musical about Nazi Germany. So you know, it, it like obviously it, obviously the music from the move from it would be very different yeah, right it would be a very it, yeah. it'd be a very different so like when i say like oh the songs are great or whatever but you still have we the see, same uh, we see uh, we see zendaya uh flying around in the rafters and pt barnum shoots a gun on him <laughs> get back in your cage <laughs> yeah so you know um yeah so you know there's there are musicals about bad people and i do think that that might be uh, it might be interesting to see that now. Like we said, it's going to be a very different movie. Hugh Jackman's yeah. playing a very different PT, mm -hmm. you know, character, and he's not the hero of it. But again, this is a movie from scratch. And do I think it could be something that was interesting? Yeah, of course. I mean, I you know, I see where you guys are coming from with as as two people who obviously are very you know big fans of Jurassic Park. How you didn't like this movie? You want it to be a different movie? I understand that, and I'm sure you guys are going to you know both vote for your movie um which is fine i understand i you know i'm not obviously i want to get you to come over to my side but i know that that's not going to happen for this movie specifically um but like the reason why i'm not you know i'm not changing my vote is because you know if you had maybe picked a different movie yeah but as we said i enjoyed jurassic world like i i, I enjoyed it the first time i enjoyed it the second time um you know i'd even watch it a third like i'd watch it a third time what i mean is it a movie where i'd ever be like oh hey i have the jurassic world movies which one should i watch one or two obviously i'm going to choose one um yeah. but it's not a movie that i think i would need to see remade i'm excited for three very much but i'm excited for three because of how two sets it up you know i think something else that might be playing into this too is like I watched uh, both seasons of Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. It's the animated series on Netflix. I've heard good things about that. Mm -hmm. It is actually a pretty decent series. I actually really enjoy it. And essentially the premise of it is these kids go for a camp, right? That takes place at Jurassic World. And the first like three episodes of the first season line up with the first film. And about, oh. about two or three episodes in it is um, the events of the first film happen. And so then the rest of that season and then the second season is the kids being stuck on the island alone, right? And although, like you were saying, Ryan, some people may say, well, being on the island all the time is just constantly going to give us issues, right? It's just going to be boring and the same thing over and over again. I can honestly say that Camp Cretaceous actually manages to mix it up enough to where you'd think they'd run into the same issues over and over again, but it's not, you know, in a way, yes. Like obviously they're always having to run from dinosaurs or whatever, but the ways in which they get in these situations and literally the physical spaces that they're experiencing these situations are constantly different in the ways that they get out of them. So seeing something like that shows me like there's so much more that could have been done on the Island in the second film, you know, had camp Cretaceous been the second film. Oh my God. <laughs> like it would have been so much better. You know, but instead we get these dinosaurs in this mansion and cloning and, oh, well, by the way, this dinosaur reacts to lasers that are on guns. You know, it's like it, it just doesn't fit enough with the franchise for me. It let me down. And I know that's me speaking as a Jurassic Park nut. Yeah. Um, but I just think with a film like this, there's so much weight and expectation that if they did it again, they can get it right. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think. I don't think I'm going to flip on this one, Cam. So I think 
I think we've got our I think we got our winner for this category. And the refundy goes to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, for our final award, the incomparable, the legendary, Mr. Harrison Ford. Over the duration of the show, the hosts and their guests have brought us a wide range of films to have to sit through. Each host shows a little bit of personality with their selections they make, or they just want to make the others sit through their least favorite films. Uh, this is a podcast? Why did it have to be a podcast? Now, while they've just scratched the surface of the torment that is yet to come, there can only be one that has picked the worst of the worst. Here are the nominees for Worst Movies Picked. Cameron. Cameron. Ryan. I think, Joel, you, took, you did the right move because you are not in contention for this one. Uh, no disrespect to you. No, that's um, fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious as to see why you went with Cameron. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's hard. I should have written it out. I, was I using got our you. Socials. Yeah. Do you have your? Do you have yeah. everybody's list? Um, I, have, I have them all too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I have mine. I don't have Ryan's, but I have. I have so mine. let's just yeah. Let's take the guests. Like nobody <laughs> said the guests, but the guests I think yeah. aren't in the running for this either. Um, and then of course we won't do our special edition episodes. But yeah. For Cameron, we have The Greatest Showman, A Wrinkle in Time, Collateral Beauty, and Serenity. Joel, I'll run through yours real quick. We have Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, The Good Dinosaur, Couples Retreat, and Indiana Jones, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. For me, we have Green Lantern, After Earth, Aloha, and Godzilla. So that's that's what we're sitting with here. So, I mean, right, yeah, even just hearing it out loud again, it, it just solidifies it for me. I loved Godzilla. Like, I'll gladly watch Godzilla again. Um, I know we already argued about this today, but like, I would much rather watch After Earth than A Wrinkle in Time any other day. A- any day, I would mm-hmm. watch After Earth over Wrinkle in Time. Cameron, Cameron's list—it's we've each picked four, right? So you you had yeah, Greatest Showman, uh, Wrinkle in Time, Wrinkle in Time, Collateral Beauty, and Serenity. He had the two movies that I was picking for dumbest plot, <laughs> right? Collateral Beauty and Serenity. And then A Wrinkle in Time. A Wrinkle in Time was – I hated that movie. <laughs> I, I hated that, that movie, awful. right? And Collateral Beauty, I, like we talked about earlier, I didn't get the full refund on that, but that movie was terrible. And then Serenity was just – that was so bad. I know we talked about how it had, like, that saving grace of all these. I tried something. That movie sucked. That movie was so bad. Yeah. No, it was um, awful. <laughs> I, I yeah, think a as – movie, yeah as a whole like if i were to go through and score all the films i mean i guess maybe the refund totals say the opposite well, I, but i ha- i have the refund totals actually. yeah i mean if you were to look at my refund totals from your two lists like who knows it might even say the opposite um but when i look at these two lists next to each other and i think to myself which of these lists would i rather watch your list is the one i'd rather watch ryan for sure yeah i mean it's kind of sucks because I picked Godzilla because it was very topical and it ended up that we all kind of liked it a little bit more. Um, whereas yeah, Cam, you picked some, you picked some God. awful stuff. <laughs> yeah, I did. And, and people, people don't know this. You were the one that suggested Kirk Cameron saving Christmas too. I was. So, right, yeah. 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 We didn't yeah, even so factor that in. I know. <laughs> um, 
so while me personally, I, I really, I, I know I'm the most down on After Earth, and I'm the most upset about Green Lantern, so it factors into my decision. But I can't. I know I can't sway anybody on this one because, like, Collateral Beauty and Serenity are just objectively obnoxious. And Wrinkle in Time. I think those two are even worse than Wrinkle in Time. That's crazy too. Yeah, I think Wrinkle in Time is really bad too. The only one that you picked that I like is Greatest Showman. Like, yeah. And. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you have to. Div- I think you've got this one. In the yeah, no, I mean, when I was looking, when I, um, I literally put me comma of course for this uh, one on it because yeah, no, looking at the, like looking at the movies, um, just like the the lineup, I would I'd if this was my movie marathon, if like I would go to hell and they're like, hey, we have a movie marathon for you, this would be my movie marathon. You know, they just play over and over and over again, and that would be how I'd suffer for eternity. Eternity. I think I think the Kirk Cameron curveball gives you the nod anyway. I think, yeah, I think, I, I think you yeah, deserve it after that. that. I think you just <laughs> did you include that? No, I didn't include that in my list, but yeah, I know I picked that one. Yeah, as I think well. you I think you deserve it after that. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, shout out to our guests though for not picking the worst of the worst movies to make us sit through although point break it point break is awful so yeah i i remember i told casey i don't i'm not a huge fan of her anymore yeah, for choosing that, that movie you did um so yeah i uh i think we have our winner here and the refundy goes to cameron Wow, I mean, I I I can't believe that this is happening. I, I have waited my whole life. I remember as a kid, I would uh, be in the bathroom. I would literally hold a bottle of shampoo and kind of act like I had just won a refundy. And um, um, and this is incredible. You know, I coming into this whole podcast, I I thought you know maybe I could choose some bad movies, but choosing the worst, I I I, I really didn't expect it so i'd like to thank my well first of all myself uh for sitting through these movies i'd like to thank my mom and my dad and hold on one this damn music all right i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna thank my mom and my dad and my sister and and my dogs and jeremy and oh, you you know who you are. I, I I didn't write this down. I wasn't expecting to win, but I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the I'd Like a Refund podcast, to the I'd Like a Refund, the official Refundies Awards. Thank you guys so much. As always, catch us on social media, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>